Hey, folks. Thanks for stopping by Kindness Castle. Grab yourself a coffee, tea, soda, and or adult libation and take a seat on a big orange couch. Uh, tonight, going to just have a real chill show. This is Kaiser broadcasting from PSN and Castle Talk Radio. Uh, interesting thing I was thinking about today was just start thinking, look up a term. It's a military term, an acronym, an acronym called PACE, P-A-C-E. And that means primary, alternate, uh, contingency, and emergency. How to make a plan. Because no plan sticks around after initial contact. I've never seen one last longer than that. And we'll get into that a little more in depth, but I want you guys to take it upon yourself to research into that term. Usually it falls under... uh, Planning for E&E or any type of planning, raids, uh, whatever, whatever type of planning you're doing militarily. Like I said, just look that uh, term up, P-A-C-E, Papa, Alpha, Charlie, Echo, and uh, just check it out, and then next time I'll go a little more in depth, but I just wanted to give you a primer before I actually start talking stuff that may be useful to you in the very near future. Um, now to get on to the light stuff, uh, today, whether you like Ben Shapiro or not, I don't know. Uh, but he had Gina Carano on and I don't know if, um, Angel has seen it. If he has, I definitely want to get some interplay on it, but it really elucidated a lot about her mind and what type of woman she is besides being a badass MMA woman, you know, she got her bona fides. What was she? Seven fights wins and one loss. And that was pretty much a bogus loss when she lost to, well, everybody knows the whole scandal with, um, well, I can't think of her name. The the woman that was taking male hormone and stuff for was, I don't know. There was some thing about her having a lot of testosterone, whatever. Don't want to get into the name either because then I'd be endangering the program to the little sensitive willy bots. But uh, there was a problem with that fight. And she just said, screw it, and retired. And uh, anybody that wants to say she wasn't a badass, they're just stupid. So uh, what's your thoughts on the overall show? And we can delve a little deeper into what I, I – well, first let me – I found somebody that was just like um, a confident, but still, as most women are, very emotional type of, you know, person. But uh, I didn't see her break a sweat about it. She said she was upset when she got fired from Disney for like a week. Retreated to her bed, you know. She said she was in depression. Well, of course, anybody who gets probably a lot of people have experienced during this bullshit lockdown mask up dehumanizing thing. And, uh, so, you know, I think everybody can be compassionate to that, but, you know, I, I noticed a woman that also didn't hold a grudge against anybody and didn't want to throw people's names out there. You know, she was like, there's people that she knew that, you know, could have stepped up and done this, that new about people. She, she was just like, and I'm not going to talk about that, you know? And she didn't even have a harsh word to say about uh, Pedro. 
her co you know the star of the show the mandalorian pask pask i always screw his name up man angel if you can bail me out on that angel pascal pascal yeah yep angel she pascal. was very human human about him yeah so your thoughts on it man i want to see if we came to about the same conclusion on that well, like I told you, I saw parts of the interview uh, with uh, with Gina, and uh, I, I mean, I came to the same conclusion. Uh, she's a, she's a, uh, for being you know considered this tough you know uh, female uh, you know mixed martial artist. She seems very humble uh, to me, anyway, and, and the way she expressed herself, and um, you know, like uh, she's a real person. You know, she's a celebrity, obviously, but. Uh, she doesn't come off as fake or phony. And, you know, I've said this before on the show where, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, empowering women. Well, here you actually have a legit woman who's a powerhouse, uh, you know, in her own right when it comes to being a sportswoman. And she's badass on the show. The fans love her. And because she said something that they disagreed with, they being, you know, the, the side of intolerance of the liberal left, which is what they've become, uh, they've canceled her out, Disney fired her, and as I brought up on my show earlier, yet they rehired and brought back James Gunn, who dealt with pedophilia on his tweets. And I'm not, I'm not saying that he dealt with it like he was against it. No, no. He endorsed jokes about pedophilia. He joked that about, you know, having children do sexual acts on him. He, you know, openly engaged in conversation with known pedophiles and in a positive way. And for Disney to, to say, well, that's okay, but if she makes a, an opinionated statement that is actually pretty legit when you look at what she's saying, well, no, we can't have that, so we're going to call that anti-Semitic. That's oh, yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah, but they had no problems. They had no problems with the misrepresentation of the border, not even using border kids. He was using, they were using kids that I believe were in Libya or somewhere like that. Um, it was either Libya or Syria. I can't remember which, where it was, I believe, Syrians that had them in the cage that Pasquale Pedro right. posted comparing yeah, yeah. Trump's kids. Yeah. It was, so, the the left, uh, but we've seen that you know as a as a common theme uh, from the left, uh, not just from Pedro Pascal, who you know I, I like the Mandalorian, but let's be honest, if anybody's replaceable on that show is the Mandalorian himself. I mean, we've seen this face twice in the entire series, and if you look if you look at the show before he revealed himself in the uh, finale of the last season. You could have replaced them halfway through the season. Nobody would have known anything, okay? So they let him get away with stuff, and that's fine. Whatever Disney want to do that, okay. But what he did was a lot worse, and we've seen the left do this over and over again. Look what AOC did, saying the kids were drinking out of toilets uh, a couple of years ago. And she went on, on this thing, and she cried. Oh, my God, these kids are drinking out of toilets. It wasn't anything close to that. There were water fountains. Uh, you know, people, of course, uh, saying that, oh, Trump is putting kids in cages and separating families. How dare he? is evil. But they don't address the fact that all that happened originally under Obama-Biden, right? They're the ones that created these cages here in America. Uh, so, you know, the left just continuously spins uh, 
the narrative into fitting their agenda, and then they feed the bullshit, and then the people buy the bullshit, and they're like, yeah, those evil right-wing Republicans, white supremacists, how dare you do these things when they're the ones that have been doing it? You know, I, I also love the, the Proud Boys guy who's a white supremacist, but he's a black Cuban. Go figure. Uh, you know, it's the hypocrisy of these people, and Disney is no in, innocent player in being hypocrites. What they're doing to Gina is ridiculous, and the fact that she is so humble shows you her character, and she's a, really an amazing person. And for a company who is promoting strong women, for them to treat her like the way they treated her is, is downright insulting. And if you haven't canceled your Disney Plus account yet, this is a reason to do it. I agree Your wholeheartedly. Thoughts. One of the things that really gripes my soul when I think about that, first off, I don't know if you ever did martial arts or anything, but usually a dojo or wherever you're going to. Oh yeah, you know, I, I, well, you know, I took uh, temple. Uh, I took karate, uh, Korean uh, taekwondo, actually, uh, Americanized. Yeah. You know, right. karate. Because here in America, you know, everything's Americanized. You know, we, we had the belt colors and all that jazz. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I took a few years, so I know kind of where you're going with this. Continue. Yeah, I mean, when you're rolling on the mat with somebody, you know, there's humility there because you may think that dude's a walk in the park or you may think this dude's going to be a badass. Yeah. And both yep. times you could be proven wrong. So, you know, you, you learn not to judge somebody's skill level and just – and it does make you humble because when you get your ass beat by a little dude, you know, it kind of makes you, what the fuck just happened? So I get where the humility comes from. and and But I think it's also a little bit of her upbringing, too, from the sound of it during the interview. She was very open about um, saying that, um, you know, she uh, lived in Vegas, I believe, and... Uh, I can't remember the backstory on it, but for some reason she just grew up that way. And she was like, uh, she said, I'm still shy and not used to being in front of the camera. She said, but I'm getting used to it. And then I didn't know she was in a Marvel show. I can't remember what it was where she was like some, they show clips of both of the movies she was in. And I didn't know she was in either of them. Uh, and I'll have to figure out which ones they were and rewatch that episode. But it is the Ben Shapiro interview. It was very elucidating to the type of human being she is. And uh, for somebody who just got maligned by people, for her not to be like spiteful and wanting to get revenge and name names, you know, that, that says something about somebody, you yeah. know, I think by we, the way that she was she was in um she was the Marvel's uh, Deadpool that's what she was in that's what it was yeah, yeah. Deadpool and there was an, another one too they showed and I can't remember that one but um they showed clips during that interview and uh anywho but the point I was trying to get to was um the interesting thing is Angel I'm sure you and I both I know I have and I'm pretty sure you have in your time doing this uh, there's a lot of people that try to build their own shows off of tearing other shows down. I don't oh, know yeah. where it comes yep. from, but it's something that people do. And I've made it a point never to fire back at somebody unless I'm on the air with them and we have an online argument. Now, a buddy of mine I went to high school with, 
he's just a moody kind of dude. I love him to death. And, you know, but this is the way he is. And uh, one time we got into an argument on my show. And I was going to have Robert Morningstar on in a couple days after that. And he heard that show. And he said, oh, I don't like to do those kinds of shows. Well, I was like, okay, I get it. But that argument was something that me and him, that's our normal dynamic, calling each other motherfuckers. And uh, we've just known each other since I was 14. And, you know, he was a few years older. He went in the Marine Corps when I went in the Army. Uh, it, it was just kind of interesting that, you know, I don't mind that kind of dynamic as long as I know where it comes from. But the backstabbers or somebody trying to act like, hey, man, let's be cool. And all of a sudden they're shoving a knife in your back. That shit's just bullshit. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll never get that. You know, and she didn't do that. And I've never done that because I look at it like this. Why do you want to keep stirring the pot? They've shown they're a bag of shit. So you want to, it's like arguing. And even though my brother and I may do that on occasion, he's not my physical brother. He's a brother from school. And in the military, we did, full disclosure, we did work in the National Guard after I got out of the Marine Corps together. Uh, but I, I know where he comes from. It's not out of, it's just something he's wired with. He's a real aggressive kind of dude. And that's cool, man. Our dynamics are to verbally get into it. And then in the end, it's always handshake, hug, see you, brother, see you, brother. That's it. You know, th there's a different dynamic. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I had a, a, a bunch of friends growing up uh, where we called ourselves the professional hanger-outers. And uh, shout out to all my buddies out there who uh, might be listening uh, from that group. Uh, and, you know, we were the same way. You know, we, we dealt with each other, like, in that kind of aspect where... Uh, you know, one minute people think we're fighting and about to kill each other, and then we're like, so you want to go catch that movie later and uh, get some pizza? And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And it, it, it was always, you know, an understanding there that, you know, this is just what we spoke to each other. It wasn't like anything serious. And, um, you know, I, I being of that kind of mindset myself, I kind of see, you know, where, where, you know, you would also agree with that there's just a difference of society. You know, when we grew up, I mean, I'm only in my early, early 40s, but I almost feel like I'm a lot older because society has done such a flip over the last 10 years alone, where now everybody's so sensitive to say anything. Like, you can't say anything uh, even remotely close to, like, you know, uh, non-politically correct because somebody's emotions are going to get hurt and their feelings are going to get hurt and they they have to emotionally you know go full retard on you and and tell you how evil you are you know i lost one of my best friends of 20 something years um because he found out that i was a trump supporter and out of 20 almost 23 24 years that i've known this person who was my one of my best friends if not my best friend since high school and on Literally, he started hitting my guts because I was supporting Trump. And that is ridiculous to me because I don't care who you vote for, what you know denomination you are religiously. I don't care what your beliefs are. If you're my friend, you're my friend, and they should just stay like that. And, you know, you should not have that mentality where, like, well, you got to think like me or it's over. 
or you got to be a politically correct or it's over. You know, I like the, the time where we all had our freedom of speech. We all had our freedom of expression, freedom of thought. And if you want to call your friend a cunt, you know, hey, 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 what's up, you cunt? Hey, what's going on, buddy? And then you go and have pizza and, you know, you chill with your friends and it's all good. But in today's culture, you can't do that. Or, you know, you do it for anybody and they're going to try to, like, have you arrested or put on YouTube and shamed and next thing you know, like, you know, you're a bad guy. But the the funny thing is, yeah, though, I mean, uh, Kaija, the, the best part about, you know, that, though, is that now they're doing it to themselves, and the cancel culture is canceling itself out, which I love. It is funny how they, they have, yeah. I've said this, though, you know I've said this offline, and I, I believe I've said it on your show, they will start to eat themselves. This is just the nature of that kind of beast. It is a witch trial, like the Salem witch trials, nothing different. And it's a purity spiral also for those of those that think that wokeness isn't a religion. Wake up. It's cultural Marxism and uh, critical race theory, critical theory, period, is nothing but cultural Marxism under a disguise. And uh, it's got a mad twist of Maoism, too. And remember, Mao had the, uh, um, uh, the long march. And that was where, oh, you wear glasses, so now you, you must need to read, so you're educated, so you've got to be killed. You know, it's an endless purity spiral. So these are the things that, you know, they're going to do. And it's funny how the left has turned on Biden. You know, the media has not been reporting, hey, Portland and Seattle, they're still having riots. Hmm. wonder why yep. the media isn't reporting that now, right, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a part of the issue, and this is something that I've been talking about for the last couple of years, and especially during last year, uh, when it comes to Portland and when it comes to a lot of these riots, a lot of this stuff is being done uh, by the indigenous people in that area uh, who are trying to literally, working with Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the radical left, are trying to destroy the country from within. And when I'm, yes, folks, when I'm saying, uh, you know, the, the indigenous people of this country, I'm talking about the natives. There's a lot of Native Americans in that area that are very pissed off. They've been pissed off for a long time. And, uh, a lot of them are joined up with these groups and they're doing, not a lot of them, not every one of them. I'm not saying every Native American is trying to revolt in the country, but there's a lot of them that are involved in those areas that are involved in a lot of the rights and stuff that's happening. I can name one right off the bat, Lilith Sinclair. I've talked about her before. Lilith St. Clair is an indigenous person. Uh, she is one of the members of Antifa. She has openly been on record talking about uh, abolishing not just the, the police, but the government as we know it. Okay? This is what they're trying to do. This is why Portland is continuously under siege, and this is why Seattle and these areas are continuously to feel the burn when it comes to like the fires and the riots and the looting and all the stuff that's still going to be happening there, and why these evil, weak leftist mayors and governors and and people that, that are in charge supposedly are not doing a thing about it is because they're all sold out to these people that are doing this. They all want this. It's a big Trojan horse, dude. That's what's happening in, in those areas, and it's been planned. Uh, Hillary was supposed to win, so they could you know continue. 
um, that agenda and, you know, with, you know, the, the Kung flu and everything that happened over the last year, they took that and weaponized it and, you know, they're doing that now and it's not going to stop like Kamala Harris said. And, uh, you know, I think it should stop unlike her because remember she said, oh, it's not going to stop even after the election and it should not stop. Remember she said that, Kaiser? Remember? Where she said, oh, and it shouldn't stop because it's a movement. Remember? Yes, that's what she said, but folks, this this was warned about, it was either late 70s, I remember seeing it, I believe he was on Donahue, or maybe uh, G. Edward Griffith. Yeah, I don't, I, think Donahue was, I don't think Donahue was in the 70s, was he? I think he started in the 80s, didn't he? Yeah, he, was in, he, he went through like from 75 to like 80-something. Really? Well, he always yeah, looked yeah. old to me. Like I never saw him when he looked like a young guy. So it's like Leslie Nielsen. I can only remember him as an old guy, and I love Leslie Nielsen. Rest in peace. Yeah, he was probably in his late thirties when he started, maybe early forties. Um, it was, anyways. Yeah, he he lasted for a while, a long while. He was like the Oprah of the time. But it was either yeah, legit, yeah, yeah, or G. Edward yeah. Griffith interviewed yes. Yuri Bezmenov. And Yuri Bezmenov nailed it, and I've said this in numerous videos. Um, we're in a state of what's now called normalization. You notice how they keep saying the new normal, normal? They're, they're yeah, not saying yep, normal yep. anymore. They're saying a new normal. So they're trying to normalize the unnormal, the, the stuff that's not real. And the mask was all a part of it. The mask dehumanizes everybody. When I don't wear one, and I never do, and I go to the store or something, people look at me like, wow, somebody without a mask. But I keep my distance because, you know, I'm going to be respectful of them, and I keep my mouth shut. And uh, unless I'm talking to somebody who's a friend, and, uh, you know, they may want to wear a mask or maybe not. But, you know, a lot of times people will take their mask off when they see me because they know, you know, yeah. And we talk real deal stuff. I think a lot more see it than we'll let on openly. Because in the end, everybody wants to be accepted, except for Shuff. Shuff doesn't give a fuck. And, uh, you know, what somebody thinks of me, it doesn't matter. And that used to be typical of all Americans. I mean, you know, if you want a free and open discussion, which most Americans used to want... There used to be a, and it's a, a, a liberal argument, you know, you want more speech, not less. If it's bad speech, then you talk to the person, find out what their real deal and thoughts are, and then you take your own conclusion from there, whether they're a bag of shit and you just won't waste your time with them again because you can't fix stupid. Or maybe you can bring that person a little bit closer to normal or at least closer to something that you don't think such a dumpster fire freak show. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, but there's only so much you could do though. And cause you got to remember, you could only lead the horse. What's the saying? You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink it. And unfortunately there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, completely useless when it comes to like understanding that. And they they still are of the mind frame that they're right and you're wrong, and that's the end of the game for them. So, I mean, what are you going to do with those people? Well, I don't know, man. I mean, I, 
I look at this. Jimmy, here, here's how I put it. Two people that used to be on the Young Turks, and I, I listen to them along with everything oh, else I listen Lord, to. Oh, Lord, yeah, I hate those guys. And, yeah, but I, I listen to them. Uh, two people that used to be on the Young Turks. Jimmy Dore, that's the guy who spit water in Alex Jones' yep. face. You know, everybody had a fun yep. laugh at that. That was at the Cleveland Convention, I believe, for the RNC. Mm-hmm. And the other one was Dave Rubin. On the Young Turks, I could see Dave Rubin, you know, seeing things were screwy and finally leaving. And now he has his own little thing. Uh, and it's not a little thing. I'm glad he's making money, whatever he's married to his husband, whatevs. You know, it, it's his deal. He, he seems to be happy. And he's moved. He says he's still... A, I, I look at him as he's now a classical liberal in the sense that you and I are. You know, a Jeffersonian liberal. Constitution and Americanism. Um, Jimmy Dore, he, he's an American. He, he believes in America, but he is a leftist, but an honest leftist. I mean, he will bang on Biden. He banged on Obama when Obama needed banged on, and he yep. banged on Trump, and he also was able to praise Trump sometimes. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he yeah, just, yeah. He, he was a never-Trumper, but he wasn't. He didn't have Trump derangement syndrome. And TDS was a real thing, and that was fomented by the media. The media has become Pravda and Nisvesti. And the funny thing about those things is when you see this happening and you've had experience around them, and unfortunately, like I said once in one of the shows, when the wall came down, I was happy. But I shouldn't have been. Because that wall and that minefield that separated the other wall between East and West Berlin were a physical reminder with the towers where they shot people. And there's monuments to those people that were shot on the western side because they shot them trying to go over the wall. And that was the physical reminder to the West. You know how the Jewish people say, never forget. And they, they make sure to have monuments to the Holocaust, this, that, and the other. Well, maybe we should have left some of that wall up as a constant reminder to what the evils of communism really looks like. Because China is a closed society. As much as it's open, it's still closed. And the CCP rules with an iron fist. And, you know, everybody will say, Russia, 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 it's communist. No, it's not. It's an oligarchical uh, trying to bring back the czarist regime. You look at their flag, it tells you everything. And, yeah, Putin will kill you if you say shit about him. That's just, that's the nature of that country. But uh, you can talk about anything else. Just don't talk about him. And, you know, this is just the reality of it. And it, and it all started because after the collapse of the wall in the Soviet Union, Every country's leadership is either former KGB or GRU, former agents. And, you know, there's a famous picture, people can find it online, of Putin with his hair dyed blonde, looking like a young college student, standing next to Ronald Reagan in Moscow. That's a fact. And it was because he got that close to Reagan. You know, people, there, there's just... A lot of stuff people don't have 
institutional memory of. I've, I did a show on it and even showed the pictures. And that's and when the wall fell, all of those former KGB and GRU agents became millionaires and billionaires because basically they were selling everything and they were running prostitution. They were running everything. The Russian mafia, the reason why it was so organized and why it went everywhere was because it was being run by KGB and GRU dudes and, and females too. Don't think I'm taking women out of this mix. And the one holdout for a long time, and they finally got her, was a female, uh, I believe she actually posed nude and was like a music and uh, actress. I can't remember her name, but she was their uh, premiere. And uh, that was Ukrainian, Ukraine. And uh, she held out the longest. Ukraine held out the longest. And then, of course, we had to get involved in the Ukraine to destabilize it. So, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. And that's why I sort of brought up the the E&E thing of pace, you know. And that's why I want you guys to learn that because this is getting real. I'm seeing things that I never thought I'd see in my own country. And to be prepared is one thing. Uh, but to be ready is another. And preparedness gives you some confidence. But being ready for any contingency, and even an emergency, that is quite, that is the bellwether. That is the difference. And there's a whole different level of confidence through competence that's needed when you do that. And, uh, you know, if you've got issues in your life, try to clean them up. If you need to get in shape, I know I've gained the COVID, uh, the Kung Flu 20, 20 pounds. I need to lose my gut. Guilty. You know, there's just, huh? I'm guilty of that, too. I had lost uh, about 108 pounds before the Kung Flu, and I've gained about 18 pounds since uh, Kung Flu. So, yeah, the Kung Flu has been uh, yep. nothing but bad for my waistline. I've gone back up 18 pounds. It's not good. Not pretty. And it always goes to the gut on us guys. It does. I it's got like no a tire. Like, would... like, it's like a tire on a, on a, on a car. It's like, why the gut? Why do you have a spare tire? I, know, I, I got no it. ass. <laughs> I got no ass. I wish it would go to my ass. That way it would hold my pants up, right? But no, it's got to go to the gut. It, it stops at the ass, you know. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I'm not an ass uh, showing kind of guy myself. I have, uh, let's just say, if women enjoy looking at the man booty, uh, this is a very good reason why they've never complimented me on my booty either. So I feel you, bro. We're, bo- we're both bootyless when it comes to our own booty. Now, if some yeah, of the, yeah. the, the, the tire on my waist would go to my buttocks, Maybe the ladies will be like, oh, he's got a nice ass on him. But then again, that's kind of weird for a guy to be like, yeah, girl, check out my ass. And that's always felt a little strange. Maybe it's just me. Well, no, it's funny. My my wife and I, my one bro, he's former Special Forces, right? We, we joke around all the time whenever we're doing something, you know, if we're out with the fams. And uh, my wife hates it when we're all together because... uh 
I'll I'll grab a pair of pants. My wife will be next to me or whatever, and I'll be like, "How do you think these are looking on on my ass?" You know, or something like that. He go, "Ooh, that's sexy. That would look good." You know, that kind of weird shit. And she, yeah, just, and all these not me. You do it when there's a crowd, right? And just like in the in the store when we're shopping, if she walks away or something. And she comes up, I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, quit touching my cart. Ma'am, what are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, fuck, So, you know, it's it's fun to fuck with people a little bit. But, no, in, in all actuality and fun, we're all just normal human beings. And I'm talking normal. Everybody get this new normal shit out of your mind. You know what normal looks like, and it doesn't look like what you're looking at now. Your thoughts on that, brother? Normal has never looked this weird. I'm just leaving it at that. Uh, yeah, it's this is not normal, but this is what they want us to believe is the new normal. This yeah, is, you Bezmanov know, said, yeah, not good. Yeah, as Bezmanov said, it's normalization. Getting you to accept the unacceptable. Taking away your freedom of speech. Trying to take away your Second Amendment. Trying to make you think you don't have a Fourth and Fifth Amendment. You see what I'm saying? This is about taking away your Constitutional Bill of Rights. That Bill of Rights is not a handcuff for you. Read those amendments. The Bill of Rights are your civil rights. And it still exists, no matter what they want to pretend or what uh, or what the even the court system says. They can violate them, but you have the appellate rights. You can go up the chain all the way to the Supreme Court. And to violate your Bill of Rights is to violate your civil rights. And this new discrimination, and that's what it is, by blaming white fragility, white guilt, all this garbage. They're saying Asians and some Hispanics, and that means Cubanos mostly, brother, are white people. Don't. It doesn't matter if you're mixed in black wait, wait, hold on, or hold on, Chinese. Hold on. Can, can I get some of that white privilege that everybody talks about if I'm white? Yeah. Because yeah. I've never you experienced any of that. <laughs> Neither have I. Neither have I. But you know, I'm I'm half Dago and half cr- Boxhead Kraut. So <laughs> I know. keep hearing about this white privilege, and I'm like, when can I experience some of that? Because so far it's been the spick, the spe- spectrum. That's what I faced. I haven't faced no white privilege. The spick spectrum, and that's what I've been stuck on for 43 years. And it, it I want white privilege. Damn it! I, I before. It's taken over by the darkies. I want some white privilege. What do you think? Can I get some? I, w- I want a heap and helping <laughs> of it. But, uh, you know, but it's it just all muffake. We're Americans in the end. You know, I, I that's the one thing they've also tried to say. Now, you and I grew up about, what, 10 years apart, maybe a little more. Um, the interesting thing I found is that within that, we, we had the sweet spot of America. Uh, 76 was probably the most awesome time to be alive because it was the bicentennial. 
and I was still young. Um, it, it was great to ride my bicycle around. Everybody painted up uh, uh, fire hydrants and revolutionary characters. Uh, that year, they had a couple dudes dressed up in uh, tricorn hats and carrying muskets and dressed up like revolutionary characters, and they put a plaque up, and it was the Constitution, and it was copper. And I went to an elementary school called North Franklin Elementary in Columbus. Anyways, my buddy said they're uh, tearing down the old school. He happened to drive by and notice they were getting ready to tear it down. I said, well, let's go check it out. And we go there, and it was the last day teachers and anybody were in there. And they were all picking up and grabbing all their shit. So we go to our old class, uh, hung out there, talked to the principal of that place. And there's that copper constitution hanging on the wall, screwed into it like they did that day. And I told the principal that story, and she goes, I never heard that before. She was a young lady. And I was like, yeah, that's when that got placed there. And my buddy's like, yeah, I remember that. And I said, can I have it? She goes, do you, I said, do you have a screwdriver? She said, yeah. I said, do you have a screwdriver? She said, no, but if you have one, you can have it. I went out to my car, had a screwdriver, and I unscrewed it. And guess what? It's hanging up right in the war room. And, uh, you know, that that's just some interesting things. I, I tell people this all the time. You will run across people you knew long ago continually in your life. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. And you'll also run across things that you've been around in your life. And it's kind of interesting when that confluence happens. And um, it, it, it's just live your life. And this new normal, I don't know how it's going to be a new normal because, you know, it's trying to even negate that. By restricting your travel, doing all these kind of things. That's so un-American. Now they're saying border checkpoints at some states, you know, like New York's doing, New York City, at the bridges. Yeah. So forced 14-day, you know, you came from another state, you got to segregate for 14 days. It makes no sense, man. And even international flights are saying you have to have a minimum of like two, three thousand bucks, depending on the country. Yep. I believe Switzerland's one of them. Remember when and they were saying a hundred days uh, for the masks, and now it's like maybe next year we're going to have to have all 2022 with masks also now they're saying? Well, I came back the day they started this shit because the country I was going to shut its border. Mm-hmm. On the 13th of March of last year, and it was for two weeks. And because I came back from Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, I was told that I had to, you know, shelter in place, stay at my house for two weeks. Do you think I did that, Angel? Now they sent it Gee, to me on a, on a let me phone. think. <laughs> Yeah, they sent it to me on a throw phone, so the throw phone's paid for with cash, and 
and I top it up with cash. I never use a credit card to buy that card that you refill it with. So they CDC sent me a message. It was a dead phone from the time I left Atlanta. It was a dead phone for a good two hours before that, before I left. And I went to Sao Paulo, still dead. And uh, I got back, plugged it in once I got in the vehicle and loaded my stuff. And I get that CDC message that I had to isolate for 14 days. You know what I did? Came home, put my stuff up, went to Kroger. You see what I'm saying? I I, I don't give a shit. I'm going to live my life. If I, if I felt sick, trust me, first off, if I'm sick, I, I don't want to do shit. And uh, I'll isolate just because of that. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it wasn't as infectious as people thought it did kill old people. Unfortunately, a lot of that was because of California and New York's policy of putting people who had COVID in nursing homes. And that, that's a whole nother issue. And, and, and not, not only that, it, it wasn't just, they put, you know, old people in nursing homes uh, with sick patients. You know, they want to make it like, oh, well, you know, especially Cuomo's like, who cares? The, the fact is they died. And I'm like, yeah, you jerk, because you put these people in there with these elderly people. Because it doesn't matter if it's COVID-19, 18, 21, whatever. doesn't matter. The fact you put sick patients with elderly people that were also sick, they could have had the common flu if it gets to somebody who's in a hospice nursing center and has low a low immune condition because of their health, you're going to kill them anyway. Whether it's COVID-19 or not, you're putting them at risk to catch something that's going to kill them. So that inflated the numbers, and that's, you know, criminal, man. That's something that Andrew Cuomo needs to face up for. What do you think he is? You think? Really? That CNN, Alfredo Cuomo is going to let his brother go down? You think that's going to happen? Yeah, I think actually it will, and I hate to say that, but I, I think the Democrats are sick of his grandstanding, and uh, they can't let somebody be more popular than Biden, if you understand what I mean. So if it takes him getting a prosecution, doesn't mean that it's going to take, but I think they will allow it to go to court, honestly. Um. That's just my two cents on it. I could be so you, wrong. You think he's going to be used as a sacrificial lamb in a, in a way? Because I mean, that I mean, not that it would shock me because they're backstabbers, but wouldn't that go against like what they've been preaching with this guy for the last year or so? That oh, he's you know uh, the guy that maybe should take over for Biden at some point. That he is such a great speaker. Hell, he was nominated for like an Emmy recently. Yeah, so, he, he, you know. he's fortunate, and so is his brother, that his daddy was mobbed up. Yeah. Uh, same with Pelosi. If it wasn't for her father, who was mobbed up and represented, uh, she's not even from California. She originally came from Baltimore. You know, the, the people of California are just idiots. You know, they, they don't look into, and I don't want to besmirch all of the California people. Uh, but most of them, they don't look into the history of people. They don't read their books. They, they don't do enough research on a candidate because it's just about the D and the R. 
Democrat good, Republican bad. That That's the way it is. You know, I remember thinking when I was young that Democrats were cool and everything just because I, I bought into a lot of the propaganda back then. But, you know, my wake-up was the wall. My wake-up was the Gulf War. And I... I lived under Reagan, you know, and I remember they used to call Reagan Grandpa Caligula. Uh, I, I used to love listening to the Dead Kennedys and, you know, all those bands that were punk back in the day. And, uh, of course, ska music. I'm, I'm sure you were into that, some reggae. You know, uh, I was, I, I was never into ska, but I have a lot of friends who were into ska music, uh, you know, in the last uh, 20 some years. Uh, I've actually been to a few, uh, Skull, uh, Skull, not Skull, sorry, Skull, you know, concerts and, and shows and stuff, and not really my thing, but, uh, you know, a lot of the Santifa stuff, uh, comes from the punk rock era of the 80s, 90s, you know, that, the kind of music is what led to a lot of these groups now, and they even say it, they, you know, they springboarded off of that. Yeah, they like to say that, but actually it wasn't. They were, uh, back then, punk rock was a mixture of two things. The majority of it was just youth rebels, okay? Rebels without a clue is what I I called it back then and what I call it now. We we're all rebels without a clue. And that's really what made it up. Uh, and then you had your lefty. And we called them cornheads because they would call punk, you know, because everybody, they didn't have shaved heads, but they had, you know, crew cuts and stuff. Or they had the mohawks or, you know, spiked hair, whatever. Uh, it just was a conglomeration. You just looked the way you wanted to look, colored hair, whatever. And so they try to bite off that and own it. But the kids don't realize that there were two, the, the communists, we called them cornheads. Because of the way they looked. They always had that look about them like they had corn. You know, the, how the hair on the corn when you're de-husking it looks. That's what they always looked like that. They were always freak shows. And you could tell them, you know, they, they were the ones that they weren't trying to be freaky just to shock the conscience of people. No, they actually were freaky. Once you got to talk to them, they were like in the like heroin uh, Sid Vicious would be a prime example of that. So, you know, there was a big difference with Sid uh, at the end. And then you look at Johnny Rotten. He was a Trump supporter. I mean, you think about it. If they're saying they fell from uh, punk rock, now Ska, maybe because Ska, it's mindless music. I mean, I went and took my wife to see the English beat when we were married, one of their last tours. And uh, it was at what they used to be called the Old Agora, and they renamed it the Newport Music Hall. And I'd seen them there when I was younger, and I jumped up on stage just like I did the last time when I was a young dude, and I'm right next to Dave Weakling, and I'm dancing up there. And it was funny, instead of them throwing me off stage like they did when I was young, this security guy comes and taps me on my shoulder and I look over at him and I'm smiling and he goes, come on, dude, come on. And he, we walk off the stage down the stairs. It was hilarious, dude. And I just walked back and all these 
what were we in our 30s? I, all these dudes my age were high fiving me as I'm walking, walking back, and my wife was embarrassed. But yeah, <laughs> that, that's a real story, bro. Oh, that's funny stuff. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I'm sure for your generation, Skull is probably, um, kind of, I guess, not so much rap for my generation, uh, but in a sense, uh, you know, for non-minorities or, you know, for more Caucasians, I guess you could kind of almost look at it as that kind of counter culture type of music, right? More or less. Oh, no, man. I was in the rap back, Sugar Hill Gang, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five. And then yeah, but remember Flash when, when rap Mel- came up, that was counterculture also from, like, the norm of what music oh, yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Like, Scar. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about music that was counterculture, which now has become, like, the, the culture in a lot of, you know, areas, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, you know, it, there's a lot of good to that also because there's a lot of, uh, important information. In fact, uh, we're almost out of time here, but there's a group called Dead Prez, which have a song called Propaganda that I suggest everybody checks out if you want to know what's, uh, the, the, you know, the in and outs of what's going on in this world. Amazing song. And, uh, counterculture, you know, is a dangerous thing, but at the same time it does uh, lead to the swamp draining itself. So. I agree, and I'll tell you another really good new rapper. Tom McDonald. He's got a jam out called No Response. And it's about addressing counterculture and stuff. And he's also got another song about counter uh, uh, canceling. And uh, he's got his YouTubes up. Check him out. I mean, he's a rapper that uh, is, he's not been signed and will not be signed because he said he loses all control of his music. And that's what punk used to be. That's why they raided, the police raided Jello Biafra's home because of a piece of art that Giger made for him that was on the, uh, on the foldout. It was a little poster in the record of Frankenchrist. And Gear's the guy who designed um, the alien in Alien, you know, the movie. That yeah, kind of yeah. artwork was, mm-hmm. was Francois Giger's stuff. And so they said it looked like it was rotting vaginas and it was corrupting minors. So anyways, that's what I had to say on that. You're right. Agreed. <laughs> With that being said, thank you for stopping by Kaiser's Castle. 